0: Ephesians 4 30 goes like this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Isaiah 63:10 goes like this, but they rebelled and grieved and vexed this Holy Spirit. Therefore, he was turned to be their enemy and he fought against them. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives. This morning, we are once again reminded that you are a holy God, holy forever. And Father, we thank you because your character, your nature, you want to see it impressed upon your children. Therefore, you have called us with a holy calling, with a high calling, with a heavenly calling. And I pray, O oh Father, that every one of us will live up to that calling that God has placed upon, their, upon our lives, Lord. Father, we pray that your nature will be replicated in each and every one of our lives, So, oh, Father. We we, we yield ourselves and we say thanks to you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit that is being given to us, oh, Father. Thank you. Thank you in advance for what you're going to do, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We, we bind every powers of darkness That stands as a resistance to the preaching and proclamation of God's word. And we take victory in the house. They overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony is your word. So be it this morning in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Praise God. We continue with our theme and it's our prayer that this part of our. Teaching, learning will be concluded and we will move to the next phase, God willing, next week. We have been talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, how it's a big blessing to the body of Christ. And as we are being continuously on an ongoing basis, being ministered by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us, there is a possibility that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And that's what we have been looking into. Praise God. We want to make sure that we as God's children, we do not want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. It's an ongoing command that the Lord gives us, meaning we are always, every day, commanded by God not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Imagine someone you love and you care. We all are people who are being loved and cared by those who are around us. But someone that we love and care, when they grieve us, what kind of a feeling goes through our mind? I believe that every one of us has experienced that kind of grief when people who love us grieve us, grief us. Praise God. You know, think about our children, if you have children. Sometimes their actions, and at times their inactions, sometimes deliberately, knowingly. At times, unknowingly, when they grieve us, what kind of feeling we go through in our lives. Praise the Lord. On the same token, think about when friends ditch us, when friends double crosses, when someone you love would take you for a ride, will belittle you, it can be a cause of grief for us. Praise the Lord. When it's someone who really love and care, the love is not withdrawn immediately, but the grief lingers. Think about it. If your children has grieved you, if your spouse has grieved you, if your sibling has grieved you, if your fellow brethren has grieved you, do we immediately withdraw our love and affection towards them? I don't think so. But that doesn't make us be in a place where we feel totally indifferent. We can feel the pain, but we do not withdraw that love. Think about it. How often we have experienced that. Now, think the other way around. How often we have become the reason of grief to the ones that we love. Praise God. When we take a moment to ponder on the fact that how we have become a cause for a grief to others, we will make sure that our conduct and our disposition in life will be such that we will not grieve anyone that we love. Praise God. Hallelujah. Children, our, your actions... Your decisions, your choice has the potential to honor your parents or grieve them. And therefore, you have to make sure that someone who loves you, someone who has invested so much into you, someone who has poured into you love and care. Sometimes when we use the terms love and care and affection, it seems that it's freely flowing and it is very cheap. Yes, it is freely flowing, but it is not cheap. It is very, very expensive. When love and affection flows, there is a price that is paid behind it. If it is your parents, it is their It is their love. It is their labor. It is their sweat. Sometimes it is their blood. Sometimes it is sleepless nights that they put forth for you that brings you the love and the provision that you experience in your life. And all the more when you appreciate and applaud them for the love that is showered upon your life, you have to take a step backward and ask yourself, is there anything, any action in my end that causes them joy or pain? Pleasure or displeasure? Praise the Lord. Joy or grief? As human beings, if we have the potential to do things that can grieve, grieve, grieve others, Think about it. When the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you have been sealed for the day of redemption, there's possibility that you and I can grieve the one that loves us, the one that indwells us, the one that protects, provides for us. Let's move on. Praise the Lord. You know, For us to understand, you know, how God loves us. At times the father figure in us might enable us to understand. Think about your children. When they offend you or when they do something really bad, you know, how our neighbors or fellow brethren will react to them and how you as a father would react to them. If you were to do something really bad and nasty, your, your neighbor or your fellow brethren might snap at you, might get angry at you, might get turned off at you and would not give you a second chance. But think about it, the same action as a parent, if you look at your child doing the same action. Yes, there might anger brew within the parent, within the father, but the father will not write them off. The father will be grieved. There is grief there, but they do not write them off. Rather, the grief is directed towards that offense. They would look at that sin or their offense as a malady and would try to not write them off or forfeit or withdraw love from them forever, but rather try to win them over and correct them. Isn't that what we do for our children? Praise the Lord how much more our Heavenly Father loves us. Praise God. I want to correct us so that we can come over, we can overcome such offense in our life. But the possibility of grieving the Holy Spirit is is a reality. Praise the Lord. It's a reality. we, We talked about how can you grieve the Holy Spirit. And there were a few things that we mentioned From within the context, and today I want to touch one point out of the context setting, and then we want to move on. How can you grieve the Holy Spirit? From the context in Ephesians chapter 4, we say the morals. And then we said our mood. Then we said how we handle money. Then we say how we use our mouth and how we behave, our manners, how we conduct ourselves. All of this has the potential to grieve the Holy Spirit. And today we want to go one step further. This is out of the setting of the particular chapter. And that is mistrust. In other words, unbelief. I just want to take a couple of minutes to touch this and move forward. Unbelief is a sin that God hates. Praise the Lord. The writer of Hebrews says, anyone who has a heart of unbelief is they have a wicked heart. Praise the Lord. Unbelief in God and God's promises and God's word makes God to be a liar. It's saying that I don't believe what God is saying. And one thing that God cannot do and will not do is... The Bible says, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the epistle that's written to Titus, the Bible says God cannot do what? He cannot lie, praise the Lord. The Old Testament says God is not a man that he should lie. The New Testament teaches that God cannot lie. So when we, when we do not believe the promises of God, the word of God, the character of God, the nature of God, we question him. We say, Lord, I don't believe. Do you know one thing that turned Jesus off during his ministry? You know, there are many things that turned Jesus on. And things that turned Jesus on was the faith of God's people. The very, very unique faith which was which was exhibited by people who were not even part of the family of God as people understood. When they stepped out and when they exhibited their faith, Jesus was moved. Jesus looked at them and said, wow. And he made them a a model and said, this is something that we need to follow. At the same time, unbelief. The Bible says Jesus marveled. He was marveled at their unbelief. He was like, what? You know, this is unbelievable. In other words, after doing so much, they still could not believe him. Do you know, sometimes we as God's children, we are in the same predicament. What? Unbelief. After experiencing so much goodness from God, Quite often, we can be in a place and in a season where we do not believe what God tells us. Praise the Lord. It is one thing not to believe what God says and it's quite something else when we stand and resist the work of God and the word of God. Praise God. So unbelief is a sin unbelief will stop us from receiving what God wants to do in us, for us, through us. Praise the Lord. God wants to do great things in us. God wants to do great things for us. At the same time, God wants to do great things through us. And it is possible through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Spirit of God indwells us. When He indwells us, He wants to bring forth changes from the inside out. Praise the Lord. And that's why He wants to do work for us. Praise the Lord. Without doing a work in us and for us, He cannot work. Through us. Quite often we want God to work through us, but before He can come to a place of working through us, He wants to do a greater, deeper, wider work in us and for us so that we become channels of blessings, extensions of God's grace and power. And the Holy Spirit resides within us so that we can be elevated to that level of ministry, praise the Lord, and potentials that God wants us to experience in our life. Can you believe this? When the Holy Spirit is prompting Apostle Paul to pin this down, praise the Lord. Think what the Holy Spirit is saying, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. When I was going through this, every, uh, every session or every part that I was preparing this message, I had to take a deep breath and re-examine myself. Last night as I was waiting in the presence of God, this morning as I was in the shower, I asked myself, Lord, how often I have grieved the Holy Spirit. Quite often, we confine, we as Christians, we confine our f- offenses to greater sins in life. But at times, the smaller infractions in our lives that we tend to take the power and the grace of God for granted, the smaller Things in life that we just simply overlook can grieve the Holy Spirit that resides within us. Praise the Lord. And it is our prayer as this session finishes, we all will come to that place where we will look into our own lives and ask ourselves, Lord, have we been grieving you? And if so, what is the arenas that we are grieving and we can fix that this morning? Praise the Lord. Now, think about it, right? When you read Isaiah 63.10, and that is what we are going to jump into today. But they rebelled against him and grieved his Holy Spirit. This is an extract from the Old Testament, Isaiah 63.10, talking about the children of Israel's experience. Even then, they grieved the Holy Spirit. Now, it is very interesting to see When they grieve the Holy Spirit, what was it that the Holy Spirit was doing for them? And you will see that we have a similar attitude and mindset at at times. Look at 63.9. Somebody read that out for me. Read it out loud. Hmm. In all their afflictions, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. Mm. In, his in, his pity, in his love and in his pity and compassion. He redeemed them. Wow. Look at this. Wow. Listen. He carried them. He bore them. He loved them for a season, for a short time. Praise God. That's that's our God. That's our God. He loves us. He bears us in his arms of love. He carries us. In the Old Testament, the the, the picture that that the writer gives us in Deuteronomy, is like this. He carried them on his wings. Praise God. Can you imagine that? Praise God. You know, we are treading in this highway of holiness. We are walking in this wilderness experience. But in this wilderness experience, he carries us. He bears us. He showers his love upon us. He pours goodness upon us. And he does what? It's not for his season. He does this relentlessly. He does this. He continues to do this. What a picture. And from the Old Testament, if you imagine, you know, it was not only just simply invisible experience, it was a visible experience also. Sometimes what we get from God, it becomes a habit. You know, we receive, we receive, we receive, we receive, and we take it for granted. We take it for granted. We think that it is, that's how it is. We take it for granted, and then slowly the value depreciates. That's why God's people should come often into God's presence and take a moment, an inventory of our life as to who we were, who we are, how far God brought me from where I was to where I am. When you take a moment to ponder on the goodness of God without anyone saying springs of Thanksgiving will break out of your heart and it will come forth from your mouth giving glory to God because all of a sudden you will realize, Lord, I am not worthy. Lord, it is not me. It's simply you, 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 and only you. And that brings us to a place of attitude, of gratitude. Praise the Lord. When you have such an attitude, it changes your altitude. An attitude of gratitude takes you into a higher altitude where you experience God's presence as you give thanks to him, you will experience the presence of God all over you. Quite often, praise the Lord, we are only able to appreciate the tangible blessings of God. As God's people, we need to take time to say thanks for the tangible presence of God, the tangible blessings of God, also the intangible blessings of God. Quite often, the tangible blessings of God, are temporal in nature. But the intangible blessings of God are eternal in nature. They never die out. They never fade out. They never face out. You continue to receive and receive and receive the intangible blessings of God. But as God's people, we have to pause. The problem with the children of God was this. You know, they had the the pillar of cloud during the daytime because the heat in the wilderness is unimaginable. People who are in Middle East, you know people, if you're gone to Phoenix in summer, 120 degrees, 130 degrees, you go to some of the, the from the wilderness, you will know what the heat is. And the Bible says God had the pillar of cloud covering them. All they had to look was look up and they were experiencing air-conditioned situation in the wilderness, and they could see what was the reason. And then they had the pillar of fire at night, because in wilderness, it gets very chilly at night. And so God had the pillar of fire, and he was directing them, and he was showering food from above. The Bible says manna from above, the angel food from above. Every day he was showering, and when they asked for meat, they had meat. When they asked for water, they had spring water. It was not Poland, in spring, but it was a spring water that was coming off the rock. And the Bible says it followed them. Praise God. They didn't have to go and search for it. It followed them. Praise God. After experiencing all of this, the Bible says they rebelled against him. This is not a distant story of someone else. When the Holy Spirit asked Paul to pen it down, writing to the New Testament church, where we are also part of it, when the command is, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, that means you and I have a potential to do what? To grieve the Holy Spirit. We've been, the Bible says we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. The epistle said God has anointed us. He has put the seal of ownership upon our lives. And he has deposited his spirit within us. Guaranteeing what is yet to come. Oh my God. When you think about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That we are experiencing in our life. God puts a seal upon us. It's a seal of ownership. It means that we belong to him exclusively, when there are entities and forces, forces of darkness that wants to snatch us away, forces of darkness that wants to put a claim upon our lives, a claim upon our offsprings, a claim upon our grandchildren, the the seal of the Holy Spirit says that we belong exclusively to Him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When you have the seal of the ownership, God's ownership seal is upon us. It tells the force, the powers of darkness, stay off! This is exclusive ownership right of God. When you understand the depth of that meaning, praise God. You will have springs on your shoes. You jump up and down because you know what? We are not able to see the invisible powers of darkness that constantly bruise against our lives. The plans that brew against the Christians, against the children of God. The plans of darkness that is created within from the infernal that is unleashed against God's people. But when you realize that God's seal of ownership is upon you. That means God's protection and God's provision is available for you and me. I am under the protection canopy of God. I am under the protection canopy of God. I'm under the provision canopy of God. Because God's seal of ownership is upon me. I belong to him. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. After experiencing all these things, they rebelled and they grieved. How did they rebel? Praise God. Rebellion, the Bible is is like a sin of witchcraft. Praise God. When you rebel against God's word, when you rebel against God's ways, when you rebel against God's work, when you resist the word of God, when you resist what God wants to do in you, you are rebelling against him. Praise God. Ask yourself, when was the last time you heard the Holy Spirit speak to you. as the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said when He, the Spirit of truth, comes He will lead you into all the truth. Praise God. Holy Spirit not only indwells us to fill us He indwells us to enable us to understand the counsel of God. The wisdom of God. The the will of God. And he speaks to our hearts. And we need to hear him. But when we rebel against him. What is that? Disobedience. See I've already been through it. I don't want to go again. The specific revealed will of God. Praise the Lord. And the will of God as it is written in God's word. When we intentionally, deliberately, we say no. You are rebelling. You are resisting. Praise God. And the writer Paul is saying, listen. This Holy Spirit that indwells you, he has, he says, seal. For the day of redemption, that means it's not just for one day or two days. The seal of ownership is upon us. It's until the day of redemption that is going to take place in the future. And in this ongoing relationship, make sure that you do not grieve him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you rebel against him you grieve him praise God hallelujah as much as perks and provisions we receive of him we can turn against him praise the lord hallelujah and we see here in this particular verse how the holy spirit or god responds To the ongoing rebellion. Praise the Lord. See. It's a very somber thing to think. Okay, It's a somber realization. How God. Responds to sin. Praise the Lord. God does not make light of sin. People make jokes out of sin. Men joke about it. Laugh about it. Talk it as if it's, it's something very common to everyone. Everyday experience. Yet, God has paid the price to redeem us from sin. Not, to, not that we continue to live in sin. But we live a way in a manner that is pleasing to him. And God does not overlook the ongoing indifferent attitude to sin. Praise God. So he became their enemy and fought against them. Praise God. How can a God who is showering so much grace and goodness turn against them? Praise God. One of the nature's characteristic of God is he's an immutable God. Do you know what immutability is? He's an unchanging God. Everything changes. Everything changes. Fashion changes, fats changes, culture changes, time changes, everything changes. But God is unchanging. But this unchanging God, praise God, even as much as he loves, he would allow us to see the different nature of God. Come with me. As we are experiencing love and mercy and compassion and goodness and perks and provisions and protections, praise God. If we continue to walk the path of disobedience, which leads to rebellion and resisting the work of God, God allows them to see the different nature of God. What is that? Mercy of God. The other one is what? The justice and the righteousness of God. Wow. Praise God. Hallelujah. The justice and the righteousness of God. Praise God. He, he, would, he would unveil that part to us. I'm coming. Praise God. When you come to the New Testament, when you read Hebrews chapter 26 to 29, the writer of Hebrews is writing to the second generation Christians and he's warning them something. And I want somebody to read that out for us. 26 to 29, 10, 26 to 29. Hebrews 10, 26 to 29. If we deliberately keep on sinning. See, guys, I am not perfect. None of us are perfect. We are not perfect. We are not preaching perfection. We preach about a perfect Christ, a sinless Christ. We are not perfect, but we are bound for perfection. We will have falls, faltering slips in this world. But this is not what the Bible is talking about. If we deliberately keep on sinning, meaning you know it's wrong, but you continue in it. You know it's not pleasing God, but you continue in it. You know the Holy Spirit is grieved, but you continue to do so. You know you're quenching the Holy Spirit, but you continue to do so. You know it is a big no-no, but you continue to do so. The writer is saying, if we deliberately keep on sinning. Yes. After we have received the knowledge of truth. Listen. God speaks the truth. Jesus is the embodiment of truth. Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. The word of God is truth. Praise the Lord. You are covered by truth. Praise God. God the Father up there. (laughs) Jesus the Son who is interceding on your behalf. The Holy Spirit within you. The Word of God in your hand, in your pocket, in your pocketbook, in your phone, in your iPad, everywhere. You are immersed in truth. But after knowing the truth, if you deliberately keep on sin, read, read, read. No sacrifice for sin is left, Yes. Hmm, hmm. OK, now listen to the next part very carefully. Yes. Hmm. Who has trampled the Son of God, yes, underfoot. Underfoot. Hmm. The blood of the covenant, the blood of Jesus Christ is being treated as what? As a unholy thing, yes. Praise God. And insulted the spirit of grace. grace. Wow. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. The writer is penning down a severe warning to the second generation Christians. Believers who continue to live in sin. Blatantly. Consciously. Knowingly deliberately, without the slightest remorse and repentance. He says they have rejected Christ, meaning they have trampled under the foot the Son of God. They have rejected the work of Jesus Christ, which is what? He's shedding his blood on the cross of Calvary. They have regarded as unclean the blood of the covenant by which they are sanctified. And they have insulted, mocked, and ignored the spirit. God's gracious spirit. The source of power that is available for us to live an overcomer's life. Where is it? It's placed within us. Praise the Lord. This Holy Spirit who regenerates us who constantly speaks to us and guides us in the way of truth. If we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of truth, the Bible says there no longer remains a sacrifice of sin, but a certain terrifying expectation of judgment to come. What does it mean? It means when the Spirit is prompting you to put away specific sin and you continue in it unabated, unrepentant, then you are in danger of insulting the spirit of grace. Praise the Lord. What does it mean? The sentiment is when the spirit is grieved, that when we continue to grieve the spirit of God, he abandons us to our chosen course in life and leaves us to a spiritual and temporal disasters in life. When God corrects us, keeps on correcting us, and we insist on traveling on the path, after some time, he will let you keep going, keep going, keep going, and reap the consequences of our choices that we deliberately make in our lives. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah when the grieving is an ongoing, and when it is going ongoing, when the infraction is deliberate, then God in his mercy would discipline us and afflicts us as an erring child, as a child that goes away. We all have children. When our children do something bad, we don't stand there and say, Bravo! Next time do one step. No, that's not what What do we do? We correct them. And the writer of Hebrews says, Which father does not chastise his children, does not discipline his children? If they don't discipline their children, the Bible calls them as bastards, meaning they are illegitimate children. Truly, if we discipline our children, it's because we love them and care for them. Likewise, at times, God will discipline us by letting us experience afflictions in our life so that we can come back into the very will of God. When you study the Bible, you know, God wants us to be people who have the ability to differentiate, discern and differentiate between the kind of affliction that we experience. He does not want us to judge anyone. You are not called to judge anyone else, but we have been called to have a spirit of discernment so that we can differentiate between right and wrong, good and evil, We have to, and when you orient yourself to the scripture, the scripture makes you able, with the power of the Holy Spirit, to differentiate what is godly and what is ungodly, what is righteous, what is unrighteous. That spirit of discernment is given to us because we live in a world and in a society that is saturated. With all kinds of evil, culture that promotes evil. When a culture, a particular culture, is promoted for an ongoing on an ongoing basis for a given period of time, that culture becomes the norm, regardless of how bad it is, how evil it is. And the only way the children of God can be insulated is when you're insulated by the word of God, and you're insulated by the spirit of God when you keep yourself in the fellowship with the son Jesus Christ when you become part of the fellowship of the church of Jesus Christ you are insulated from the culture that can lead you into sin but we need to have the mindset to differentiate afflictions the bible talks about Many kinds of afflictions, but the Bible talks about Job's affliction and Jacob's affliction. Do you know what is the difference between Job's affliction and Jacob's affliction? Job's affliction was God allowed it. It was part of a season of trial, which will bring glory to God and prove Job's unwavering faith in God And put Satan to shame. That's Job's affliction. Jacob's affliction was a direct result of infractions and sin that had crept into him, into his family. That's Jacob's affliction. Praise the Lord. And it will have. Even in the future, the Bible talks about Jacob's affliction. I don't want to go there now. But we as God's children should have the keen insight to differentiate between these two kinds of affliction. Why is it important? Every affliction is not Job's affliction or the kind of Job's affliction. Every affliction is not Jacob's kind of affliction. But we need to understand the difference between that. When we continue to resist the move of the Holy Spirit, when we continue to resist the work of the Holy Spirit, when we continue to resist the nudging of the Holy Spirit, when we continue to rebel against God and His Spirit, we experience a dryness in our soul. The Bible says God sent a dryness in their soul. Are you dry in your soul? Are you feeling empty in your soul? Do you feel that joy is dissipating in your life? Do you feel that, that you cannot experience that, that serenity that you have when you are in God's presence? You feel jittery and rattled and anxious about everything and anything. Do you feel that peace is not running like a river, but it seems that there is an obstruction? Do you feel there is an effect and an impact on your spiritual life, on your material life, on your emotional life, on your relational life, on your financial life, in every arenas of your life? Your life can be impacted if you're facing and experiencing Jacob's affliction. Praise God. What do we do? God leaves us high and dry. No, 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 no. no! Praise God. Hallelujah. When you continue to resist, He will let you go. But He's constantly calling you and me out. And this morning as I stand here and I preach this word, it's God's way of calling you out. Not to put a finger on you, but to tell you, come back. And experience the warmth of God's love. Praise God. When you read the scripture, you see the hand of God. The hand of God that was heavy upon them. And the hand of God that lifts us up. It's your choice. The hand that was stretched on the cross of Calvary for you and for me. The nail-scored hands of Jesus are meant to be a hand of blessing. The nail-scored hands of Jesus, the outstretched hands of Jesus are meant to embrace you and me with an embrace of love. But when we go erring in life, the hand can become heavy. I want to tell the Lord this morning, Lord, I don't want your hand to be heavy upon me. David says when he sinned and when he could not continue to come out of it, the hand of God was heavy upon him day and night. My God, can you believe it? If I put my hand upon my brother here, he can only feel the impact of my hand based on my pressure that I put upon him and based on my weight. But when God Almighty, eternal God, he puts his hand upon you and it's a hand that is heavy upon you, I don't know what can sustain you but the grace of God. Praise God. But you know what? I can tell him, Lord, I don't want that hand that comes upon me heavy, but can I have the hand that lifts me? Yeah. Remember, we read, we started by saying, he bears us. He carries us. He carries us like, the, like on the wings of eagle. And do you know what causes God? to put his hands and lift you up the bible says therefore humble yourself under the mighty hands of god so that he can lift you up and god is willing to lift everyone up only thing that we have to do is what does that mean sometimes it takes Humility to say, Lord, I am wrong. I've done wrong. Lord, I have offended you. I have grieved you. I've resisted your spirit. After knowing the knowledge of truth, I have deliberately went against you. When you truly say it with your heart, and you mean it, and you say Lord right now I'm gonna change my life I'm gonna change the way that I used to do business I'm gonna change the way that I used to conduct myself I'm gonna change the way that I behaved I'm gonna change the way that I thought because my thought can be something that can contaminate my mind it can take control of my emotions it can take control of my feelings it can take control of the parts of my body and I can go in the paths of unrighteousness therefore starting from my thought life all the way down Lord if I have offended you forgive me I humble myself when you say that he's gracious praise God listen God does not get a kick out of you after putting you into a roller coaster experience of life but he would allow the roller coaster experiences in life so that as you're going spiral downwards before you hit the rock bottom you cry out and say somebody get me out of here and that somebody is only him only him only him if you're going spiral downwards There is only one person that can come to your aid. Your pastor cannot come to your aid. The elders cannot come to your aid. But you send an SOS up to him saying, Lord, remember me. Remember Jonah? Do you know where he was? He was in the depth of the ocean. He was in the belly of the fish. And out of the belly of the fish, in the depth of the ocean, he sent an SOS, not an SMS, an SOS. He cried out. If he were to open his mouth, the bile juice of the fish would have gone into his mouth. So he could not open his mouth. But from the heart, to the heart, from the heart, to the, from the soul, to the, to, to the Lord, from his spirit, to God's spirit, he cried out and God came through. Today he came. Praise God. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Praise God. Not to leave you high and dry, not to leave you down there, but he wants this morning to lift you up elevate you, put you back in track, and lead you in the paths of righteousness. I don't want anyone's history to go down saying God became their enemy he did not come on the cross and gave his life on the cross of Calvary to become my enemy but he did that to reconcile me to the father and he has given me the ministry of reconciliation praise God hallelujah and he wants us to experience that benefit and the blessing the perks and the provisions that are available through Jesus Christ, are you willing to tap into it? Praise God. Who would say, Lord, I submit myself to you. Have mercy on me. Forgive me. Restore me to your love. When you wander away, he's grieved. But when you come back, he delights. Praise God. And he wants to put the arms of love around you. Praise the Lord. We pray that God will grant us the grace and the wisdom to make the right choices this morning. We're going to pray, but we're going to sing, as we are going to sing, all eyes closed. Is there anybody in this house who wants to come up to the altar and say, Lord, I've offended you. I have grieved you. But this morning, I come humble myself and say have mercy on me minister to me God will do a greater work deeper work wider work in you praise God we're gonna sing not gonna take an extended time few minutes if you are that person you can step up praise God Jesus died on the cross openly publicly your commitment to him your recommitment to Him, your rededication to Him, can you do it boldly? Praise God. Sometimes it's, it's a smaller infractions in life, just like I said it this morning, as I was sharing, how many times I told Him, Lord Jesus, oh my God, how many times have I grieved You? Praise God. It's not always the big sins in our life. The small things that we simply overlook and we just grieve the Holy Spirit. If you feel that you have grieved the Holy Spirit in any manner, it could be lack of devotion. It could be lack of reading God's Word. It could be lack of spending time in prayer. It could be lack of having a family altar in your life, in your family. It could be a lack of of having no interest in the things of God. It could be a lack of fellowshipping with God's people. You have been grieving the Holy Spirit. Would you want to take a step, as we say? No compulsion at all. thank you Lord
1: and here I am waiting Amen. oh by-
0: Everyone who has responded I want you to talk to him. Tell him where you are and tell him to lift you up praise God into a communion into a fellowship with him. Bygones are bygones. Failures when we come before God and repent of them and confess them god is faithful god is faithful and his love is such that he pursues us with this love he tracks us down with this love he chases us us with his love and i want you to experience that love as we sing please sing Take over, take over, take
1: take over. over.
0: Brothers and my sisters who have responded into your hands, Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that you will do a greater work in them. May they experience a refreshing season in their life, revitalize them, rejuvenate them. Lord, I pray that your power will fall upon them, and we pray that they will experience hands of God that lifts them up to a higher elevation in you, Father. We bless them. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters who could not respond. Wherever they are seated, I pray that your spirit will continuously minister to them and resound in their ears the counsel of God. We bless God's people in Jesus' name. Amen.